a lot of us have this belief that having a full-time salary job equates to job security or income security. But if you're 100% dependent on a single source of income, there's nothing secure about that. What happens when you lose your job, your hours get cut? Retirement. That's what we're all aiming at, right? But exactly what does that mean? It conjures up visions of endless days of golf, drinks with little umbrellas in them on a tropical beach, feet up, reading a book. Is that what it's all about? I don't think so. Life would get pretty dull after a while without anything meaningful to do, don't you think? I'm Jackie Doucette, and I'm on a mission to discover exactly what life is like beyond retirement. Join me while I chat with people who've already done it, who've retired to something rather than from something. Let's find out together exactly what's waiting for us when we say goodbye to that nine to five. everybody. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Retirement. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by Rachel Richards. Rachel's a former financial advisor and a real estate investor with almost 40 rental units. She's also the best-selling author of Money Honey and Passive Income Aggressive Retirement. Now, this is the part that really got to me. At the age of 27, she was able to quit her job and retire, living off $15,000 a month in passive income. And by making the topic of money management fun, entertaining, and simple, Rachel's helped thousands of millennials work their way out of financial despair. Rachel, thanks for being here. Thank you, Jackie, for having me on. Um, I'm so excited to have you here because I've been dreaming about retirement for a long time. And to hear that you had done it at 27, that just put a little bit more pressure on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I never thought it would go that fast. But once I started things just really picked up and uh, yeah, I really can't believe it, but I'm very fortunate. So let's start with a little bit about your, your backstory. Um, when did you first get interested in finance and the things that kind of led you to where you are today? Uh, definitely when I was young, I've been a finance nerd my whole life. I still am proud of it, but I grew up in a really wealthy County and just to give you some context, some of the kids in my high school got brand new BMWs when they turned 16. And my family was not operating that way. It was a very unrealistic bubble to grow up in. We were always on a budget. We weren't going on family trips, let alone going out to eat at restaurants. So from a young age, I felt like I didn't fit in. And that's not the way you want to feel in middle school and in high school. And I remember picking up this book. It was Motley Fool's Guide for Teens, How to Have More Money Than Your Parents Ever Dreamed Of, something like that. I thought that sounds cool. So I I read it. I remember reading it at a summer camp and my friends were, you know, playing, going down the water slide. I was sitting by the pool reading this book. And that's really what sparked the fire in me to learn about financial independence, money management, real estate investing. And from then on, I just read every book I possibly could about it. Wow. So were you able at that, at that kind of time at that age to start putting any of it into practice? Not quite so soon, although I wish I could have. And there are, there are definitely things I know now that I, if I had known them then, I could have got, gotten started sooner. But really, my journey began in 2017. I was 24 years old at the time. So by then, I had graduated college. I'd had a job for a few years. I was able to save a little bit of money. And in 2017, my husband and I purchased our first rental property. It was a duplex in Louisville, Kentucky. Later that year, I published my first best-selling book, Money Honey. 
So we had these two passive income streams, rental income and royalty income. And essentially, we just focused on growing those as much as possible over the next few years. And fast forward to today, that's basically the way I was able to retire at age 27 with 15 grand a month in passive income. Wow, that's, that's amazing. I've had a couple of other people come on and, and talk about real estate investing and, and that sort of thing and, and how that's probably one of the easier ways of getting a passive income. Um, do you, you've got a, a lot of properties now. Obviously, you have a, a rental, a management company that looks after things for you. So sort of, I I always tell people, if you are going to get into real estate investing, you need to have a property manager in place if you really want it to be passive. Chances are most of us don't want to quit our full-time job to become full-time landlords, right? So that part's important. We've gone through phases where we've had a property manager and where we haven't. And right now we're actually self-managing long distance. So we're in Colorado. Our properties are in Kentucky. We have been able to streamline things in, in such a way that it's really only five or 10 hours of work per week. And then I have a family member in town who's able to help us for anything we need somebody on site for. But if we didn't have that, we absolutely would have a property management company. Right. And when you find new properties, do you, do you go and take a look at them yourself or do you do it online? How do you determine when you're, you know, when it's a good time to buy something? So yes, when we lived in Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky, we would go look at them in person. There were a few things I would look for, but first you really need to figure out what location you want to be in. So, you know, narrowing it down to the state, then the city, then the zip codes within that city. And for me, I wanted to feel safe going to my rental properties at night or going to my rental properties alone as a woman to, to pick up rent. So there were certain areas that I stayed away from because we knew that the crime rates were higher. So we narrowed it down based on zip codes first. Then there were a couple metrics that I looked at. First was the cash flow. I wanted to get at least two to $300 in profit per month per property. So that was the first thing. The second thing was the cash on cash return on investment. So the way I looked at it is I could probably make eight to 10% in the stock market over the long run. So I would want to get a rental property making more than that. Otherwise to me, it was like, well, what's the point? So I was aiming for at least a 12% cash on cash ROI from the rentals. And once it met those criteria, I was ready to make an offer. Wow. Sounds so simple when you say it. <laughs> it sounds simple. It's not simple, but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's scary. There's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it, but those were the two main things where if something met those criteria, I would say, I, th- I think we definitely need to make an offer on this and we would work the rest out from there. So when I gave your little intro, um, I indicated or I said that you had helped thousands of millennials out of financial despair. So does that mean, in your opinion, that what you do is only meant for millennials? Are they the only ones that you can help? No, and I'm glad you asked. Um, I Since I am a 28-year-old woman, I tend to attract people my age. I tend to attract female, but I help guys. I help people that are reaching retirement or even already in retirement. And that's the beautiful thing about passive income is it doesn't matter your age or your income. Anyone can start creating passive income and achieve financial independence. And if I was able to go from zero to retired in three years, then certainly anyone can, whether you're 50, 55, 65, you can achieve the same things. I'm not a trust fund baby and I never made six figures in a job or a career. So I started out making 36 grand a year and if I can do it, anyone can. 
So what, what advice could you give to someone who's ready to retire, um, but they're maybe not as financially fit as might be, or as maybe they should be. Um, There's still hope for them, of course. Yes. What, what should they be doing? So there's a few things. I know passive income sounds very glamorous and we all want to create it, but there are things you need to have in order first for, so there's three priorities. I would say, make sure that you're, you've paid off all of your high interest debts that's priority number one. Make sure you have a good emergency fund with at least three to six months worth of living expenses and make sure you're invested in some way where your money can grow over the long run, whether that's bonds, whether that's stocks, make sure you're putting your money to work. Once you have those things in order and you know you're not living paycheck to paycheck, then you can start looking at passive income. And here's why I love passive income. A lot of us have this belief that having a full-time salary job equates to job security or income security. But if you're 100% dependent on a single source of income, there's nothing secure about that. What happens when you lose your job, your hours get cut. And we've seen that this year more than, than ever before. I, so that's where this concept of income diversification comes into play. And that means having multiple sources income. So if you're somebody nearing retirement age and you're trying to look for ways to buffer your retirement income or just feel a little bit more financially secure, this is what you can start doing. Looking at how can I have multiple sources of income? That way, if and when one income stream is impacted or lost, you still have other income streams to keep you afloat. Okay. So if, excuse me, if someone was going to start looking at real estate investing, for example, as a, as a form of passive invest or passive income, probably they're going to have to have some money to start out with. Um, it's not, I know other people have commented on this as well. It's not necessary, but it's probably easier to uh, get into the real estate market if you've got some funds to use. So here's what I think about that. There's, there's a lot of ways to do it. And I used to think the same thing. I used to think, well, I need at least 20 or 30 grand to start investing in rental properties. But I didn't know about a couple different methods that you can actually use without having that much money. So first of all, there's house hacking. This is how a lot of people get started. And this is where you can buy a property as your primary residence and you either live in it and fix it up and later sell it for a profit. Or if it's a multifamily, you live in it and then you can rent out the other units to essentially offset your mortgage. The great thing about that is when you're buying it as a primary residence, you're not required to put 20 to 25% down. Oftentimes you can qualify for three and a half percent or 5% with a conventional loan and paying PMI. So that reduces that barrier of having that down payment. And that's a great way. Another way to get started. And this is what I would do if I had to go back 10 years in time and I didn't have a penny to work with, I would become a wholesaler. Wholesaling is where you go out and you find a great investment deal. You put an offer on it, get something called an assignable contract, and then you go sell that contract to other investors who want to purchase it. Finding a deal is the hardest part. So other investors in your city will absolutely pay you if you bring those deals to them. I've seen wholesalers make five, 10, 20 grand per deal just by finding good deals. And the great thing about that is you're learning a lot as you're going. It only takes a handful of those until you have enough of your own money to start investing on your own. So that's what I would say. Don't let the money barrier hold you back because there are other ways to get started too. Great. That's kind of interesting. I, I hadn't really thought about living in it and renting it at the same time. That's a, that's a, a good option too. Yeah, yeah. 
Let's talk a little bit about your books. Um, your first book was Money, Honey. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about what we'd find in that? Absolutely. So I wrote this in 2017. At the time, all of my family and friends were coming to me for financial advice, which I loved because that is my passion. But I also began to wonder, well, why aren't they reading books or learning on their own? And then I remembered, oh yeah, personal finance is boring. <laughs> it's For most people, it's dry. It's complicated. It's overwhelming. No wonder people don't like to learn about it. So I thought to myself, how can I make this topic fun, entertaining, and simple? And that's where the idea for Money Honey came from. It's really about the basics of money management and just getting your financial finances in order. So expense tracking, budgeting, savings, debt, investing, and then a little bit about taxes and insurance. But it's a great book for beginners, anyone who's starting out and just needs to get away from the paycheck to paycheck lifestyle. And I imagine because you're in the United States, it's based on United States um, financial advice. Yes. And especially the investing section, it's really geared towards people that are in the U.S. But I do have a ton of international readers and a lot of the other sections can apply to, to them as well. Okay. And your second book, I see it up on your shelf behind you. Passive Income, Aggressive Retirement. Yes, that's right. One of my readers thought of that. I can't take credit, but I thought it was so clever. (laughs) So Passive Income, Aggressive Retirement, I wrote last year because by that point I was still working full-time and I started telling my my readers and my following, you know, I'm, I'm looking to quit my job and retire this year. And they're like, Rachel, what are you talking about? You're 27. I mean, how would you possibly do this? So I could tell there was a demand for this information. And I also became obsessed with passive income around this time. I wanted to learn everything about it. So in the book, I basically outlined 28 different passive income models. So trust me when I say there is something out there for everybody. It's definitely a book I'm going to have to look at. (laughs) Yes, thank you. So Tell me a little bit about your life now. Um, You've retired. You can work when you want, if you want. Um, What do you do with your day? Yes. So a lot of people will say, well, Rachel, you're not retired. You're still working, (laughs) which is absolutely true. I use the words retired and financially independent interchangeably. You know, a lot of people want to retire and then and do the beach thing. Right. And I think that's great. I wish I could be more like that. My problem is that I get bored so easily. So I always want to be creating and building and kind of working on the next project. So in my retirement, I have chosen to continue to work on my book business and my finance business because it truly brings me fulfillment. I could work 12 hours a day and be like, Oh man, I had so much fun today. It doesn't feel like work to me. So it's just great because like you said, I can work when, where, and if I want and really pursue my passions, travel, hiking, exercise, relaxing, watching Netflix, whatever it is. Um, I can kind of do whatever I want. So I'm very, very blessed. And your husband, um, what does he do? So when we reach the point where we are making 15 grand a month in passive income, that more than covers our living expenses. So at that time, I chose to quit my job. Andrew, though, is one of those unicorns, and he loves his job. He loves his career. So he's chosen to keep working for now, which is fine, because that way we actually get, we get health care through his employer. So it's a little bit of an advantage. I, I just think it makes such a difference for him, though, because he's not working for the money anymore. He's just truly working because that's what he enjoys. So that's what he's doing for now. Uh, that's fabulous. That And that's truly, I think, in, in my mind, the idea of beyond retirement, that's what it's about. It's, it's having a life that is the way you want it to be and living it the way that you want it to be. 
Yeah. I love that. And it doesn't matter what, you know, what age it comes at or what you're doing. You're, you're sitting on your sofa watching TV if that's what you want, but just knowing that there is so much else out there that you can be doing. And, and that's, that's the whole point of this, of this podcast is to show people all the different things that they could be doing that make retirement something more than just the sit on the sofa kind of thing that, that people look at. And like you said, um, they think of retirement as going to the beach and putting their feet up or, or whatever, and, you know, not working, but that's not, that's not the way people are, are trying to be now. I don't think Um, a lot of people are coming to me and saying, but how do you find your, how do you find your joy? How do you find your, your goal or your, your point of existence after you retire? And that, I think is the is the kind of the the key to the whole um, pot of gold. I guess is being able to find the thing that that you want to do for the rest of your life. Oh, I agree, and I'm so grateful you're sharing that message because I do think that we often get so caught up in wanting to quit our job and wanting to to escape the nine to five and to escape the rat race that we don't think about what we're going to do after, right? Because you still have your whole life ahead of you, whether you're 30 or you're 60 or 70, what are you going to do with your time? And I think a lot of us associate our identity and our purpose so much with our career that when we retire, it can be traumatizing. You know, what am I going to do now? So it's really important to think about those passion projects and what am I going to do when I retire? Um, One example of that, that my husband and I are looking forward to is next year, we're going to take six months and do slow travel where we travel all around the Western U.S., do all the national parks and all of that. So that's something we're really looking forward to as well. Oh, that sounds exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm a lot of fun. No deadlines, no nothing. You just do it at your own pace. Yeah. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, thank you. We're looking forward to it. So is there anything that you can offer as um, suggestions to people for how to find that purpose once they're, you know, once they've hit the retirement point? Because as you say, and and as I try to point out, you're not retiring from, you're retiring to. Mm. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah, I would say... There are questions you can ask yourself or journal about to sort of jog and, and sort of brainstorm. For example, if, if I won the lottery tomorrow, $20 million, what would I do first? And then what would I do later? Or, you know, if money was no option for me, how would I be spending my time? Here's a really great one. If you were going to give a TEDx talk, what would it be about? what do people come to you for advice on or help on? Because that's signaling that there's something you're passionate about. There's value that you can add to other people. You don't necessarily have to monetize it or make money from whatever you decide to do. Your purpose can just be adding value to other people, teaching people, impacting other people's lives. I love that. That uh, I like that last little bit where you said you don't have to monetize it. That that's so important because so many people seem to think they've got to they've got to have a way to make money. They've got to be doing something all the time, and and that's not it. There's there's so many volunteer things you can be doing. Yeah, for it's, sure. And that's my flaw. I'm always like, oh, what else can I monetize? But then it's like, Rachel, you're allowed to have fun. You're allowed to have a hobby just because, just for pleasure. And I think that's something we can focus on a little bit better too. 
So where can people find you if they uh, want to get in touch with you? Well, thank you. Yes, my both of my books, Money, Honey, and Passive Income, Aggressive Retirement, are available on Amazon in ebook, paperback, and audiobook. Um, my Instagram, you can find me at Money, Honey, Rachel. And then what I'd love to do for your listeners, Jackie, is if anyone wants to download my Passive Income Starter Kit, I will give that for free. So you can go to moneyhoneyrachel.com slash bonus to download that. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. I'm sure there'll be lots of people that uh, look for that. Yay. Awesome. Thank you very much for being with me today. I've really, really enjoyed it. And I think that uh, the listeners have, without a doubt, gotten something very valuable out of what you've talked about today. Well, great. I'm so glad. And thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And that's it for this episode of Beyond Retirement. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I hope you enjoyed it. Are you ready to start rocking your retirement? Head on over to www.beyondretirement.ca forward slash rocking it and sign up to plan out your own roadmap for retirement. Don't wait till it's too late.